Like I have people around me that I love to be around and I want to see succeed and I have a place I can go to to contribute to those things. The world's a better place. Welcome to the Find the Gap podcast, where we're going to focus on the health and well-being of the support personnel and practitioners within high-performance sport. This will act as a platform for practitioners to share their own insights and experiences that have helped them progress to where they are today, as well as be a safe environment in which they can touch upon moments of vulnerability and other emotional battles in which they've had to overcome in order to be successful. My name is Sam, and thanks for joining me on the Find the Gap podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Sustainable Sports. Sustainable Sports is an apparel company designed for every athlete. Every piece of apparel is produced and made from recycled plastic bottles, which at the end of the period of use can be returned to be remade into the new model. 80% of discarded textiles can just sit there for more than 200 years, which emits methane, powerful greenhouse gas that is more potent than carbon. Sustainable Sports looks to be the apparel company that uses 100% recycled polyester fabric to help protect the planet. Their products are designed to look and feel great in order to boost the performance of those wearing them. Sustainable Sports understands the difficulties in community level sports and the struggles that local clubs have to endure throughout the season to get the players on the park. Sustainable Sports is made up of the individuals who are passionate and involved within sports at the grassroots levels. In this episode, I'm gonna talk to Lachlan Wallace. Now, Lockie is the owner of Virtus Performance and he's been plying his trade as a coach for the best part of a decade. After completing his bachelor's degree in exercise and sports science in 2013, he spent a few years trying to find himself. And although he still insists that he's still looking in the industry, he has been able to focus his energy and commitment to Virtus Performance, which he founded and opened in 2015. So Virtus is a gym centered around community education and performance with his simple, uh, simple idea and simple goal of delivering a world-class coaching and education experience to its community. So here's the episode with Lockie. <laughs> That's dangerous. All right, sweet Lockie, thanks for jumping on, man. How are you? Pleasure, mate. I'm going well, considering the uh, the circumstances. Just yeah. enjoying a beautiful sunny day lockdown in Melbourne. Uh, just to get started, mate, if you want to give me just a bit of a summary of, you know, where you are at the moment, how you got to where you are, maybe a bit of educational background, sporting history, whatever, just a bit of an intro. Yeah, beautiful. So, hello, everybody. My name's Lachlan Wallace. Uh, I'm currently the Founder and, and owner at Virtus Performance uh, down on the Mornington Peninsula. We are a, I guess you'd call us a hybrid model of a gym. We've taken the the group training side of your you know F45s and, and things like that and, and put a, a high quality um, touch on it and tried to bring top end strength and conditioning to the general population. So so group training and, and athletic development is kind of where we hang our hat. Um, we run a semi-private model for the for the group training, uh, for the uh, athletic development, sorry, and then yeah, group model for the for the group training. Um, Virtus has been here in Talker Terrace in Mornington for coming up five and a half, almost six years now. Uh, did the mass a couple of months ago. I think we've been closed for about thirteen percent of that time due to the uh, the government mandates, which is a nice little fun fact. Um, and, and you know, I guess. From an impact point of view, it's it's fascinating for all the businesses to be able to look at that and go, okay, well, we've been closed for a big chunk of our existence. But we initially 
got started off the back of me having absolutely no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Um, like many exercise science students, I uh, started out doing personal training before I jumped into exercise science, um, did the course because my career counsellor at school didn't really have a better option for me. I, I love sport, um, a footballer, um, and ultimately wanted to play AFL and as a, as a backup. Uh, sports science or exercise science was kind of the best option. Um, so jumped into that, never quite made the AFL. Unfortunately, it was never really good enough, but spent a few years at Collingwood and the VFL, which kind of gave me an insight, a little insight into elite sport. Um, I was playing there for my last couple of years at uni and was kind of balancing the two and kind of said, oh, maybe I actually want to you know, get into elite sport. Like 95% of exercise science students tend to do early on in their career. But then kind of seeing it up front, seeing it up close, both in a work experience and helping out capacity and from a from the capacity of a, a sub-elite athlete, I kind of looked at it and went, this is not what I want to do. But the caveat to that is it showed me the, the quality of coaching and training that is available. Um, and, you know, balancing my time between football, uni, and then personal training, obviously I was really raw as a coach. Um, you know, this is nine, 10 years ago now. And I saw the level of coaching that the AFL boys were getting and looked at the coaching that I was delivering on the, the floor of Jets, Jets in, uh, in Langwarren at, you know, at 21 years or 20 years of age. And I was going, there's a big gap here that I need to bridge. So spent the next uh, four or five years um, finishing my uni degree, getting stuck into a master's, quitting a master's because it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. Um, took me 10 months and, you know, a few thousand dollars worth of hex debt to realize that, but expensive mistake, but one I'm happy to have made. Um, coaching, uh, lucky enough to... I started a, a business after a year or two at Jets and and kind of haven't really looked back in terms of running my own show. Um, I never really saw myself in a real job. I think that's why I went towards wanting to wanting to play AFL and and then starting my business kind of made sense because then I didn't have to listen to anyone else, which of course comes comes some uh, downsides of of the lack of accountability and, and things like that, but. Yeah, post-uni, um, while I was doing my master's, I caught up with one of the guys I went to uni with, Jesse Bias, and we kind of, over a game of golf, we we talked about what we wanted to do and we both didn't really have a clue. And by the 18th hole, we'd had the idea of, of opening a gym. And to think that that was the catalyst for where we are now is pretty cool um, because it was basically just a, yeah, that would be a cool thing to do. Why don't we try and bring the high-quality coaching and an evidence-based practice that we see it you know the, the elite clubs and try and bring it back to gen, general pop athletes and people who you know just want to show up and listen things and connect with good people and and things like that so so Virtus was unofficially founded back into 2014 I was coaching out of a shed at home um all good stories start in a garage right yeah, 100%. Um, 
<laughs> uh, coaching out of shed at home and did a few internships throughout that time. Spent a bit of time at a few different gyms and different facilities and different exercise physiology clinics and kind of picked and cho- chose what I felt or what we felt were the best parts of those um, and started formulating what we wanted our facility to look like. Um, fast forward some uh, some ups and downs and a bit of teaching and some um, many, many stuff ups along the way. We opened, opened Virtus uh, in its form that it was then or November 2015. Um, so yeah, we're a few months away from our sixth birthday. And then have spent the last five, five and a half years iterating and reiterating and tweaking and changing and, and shifting the goalposts of what that vision looks like. And then here I am. It's been fun. Yeah. It's been fun. You you posted something this morning. It was a quote. Uh, it was a stimulus and response quote. Correct <laughs> um, me if I'm wrong, but it's uh, between stimulus and response, you got it. There's a space there, and then in that space, you can have the power to choose what that response will be. But I wanted to know Correct. what what are you doing as what are you doing to respond during lockdown number five as a small business? That's a great question. And there you go. I gave you some content this morning. Um, <laughs> what am I doing? I guess being being lockdown number five now, and every time I say lockdown number five, I think Mambo number five in my head. It's almost the response now becomes pretty, pretty natural, and I think pretty, pretty reactive. Which is obviously, you know, I think the difference between response and reaction is one is conscious and one is subconscious, and it's really easy to drive, or to be driven by that subconscious reaction of, you know. Uh, yeah, fuck Dan Andrews, you know, stuff, stuff Scott Morrison, you know, and blame the powers that be. But ultimately, everything in life is a stimulus response. Like we, under, we learned that, you know, almost first week of university. Um, we learn how stress and adaptation works. And ultimately, everything in life can be drawn back to stress and, and response. And whether it be in the gym, whether it be, you know, during a, a university degree, whether it be out learning how to drive, it doesn't matter what we need to be able to do is to be able to look at how we feel about something or look at the, look at the stimulus that's been presented in front of us and go, okay, how do I best deal with this? And as much as I want to kick and scream and, and throw a tantrum, like there is no utility in me doing that at the moment. Um, there's no utility in me throwing my hands up in the air and going stuff this. I don't want to be doing this anymore. There's, there's great utility in going, okay, well, what can I do about it right now to either, help myself feel better and then that feel feeling better then allows me to do better um so in terms of what i'm doing focusing on what i can control um and it's the most cliche line ever especially after the last 18 months but like you know put that quote up this morning i'm a big quote guy um there's one by marcus aurelius which is if you have power over your mind not outside events realize this and you can find strength and my circle of influence doesn't allow me to impact the vaccine rollout or, you know, purpose-built quarantine facilities or whether we're in lockdown or not. It allows me to, it allows me to look at my circle and go, okay, who can I influence? Well, I can influence myself first and foremost. I can influence my family, my staff, my community, and whether it be directly through a conversation or through, you know, the osmosis of me posting a quote up this morning, 
my response is how can I help people be better when it's difficult to do so? And ultimately that's what, that's the foundation that Virtus is built on. That's the foundation that I try and live my life on. It's how can we do better than we are now? Not to say that people are doing poorly right now, but there's, you know, there's always another level up. Um, and to, and that response is usually the difficult option, especially when, especially when we're, you know, going through the fifth iteration of this response. You know, another quote: "Hard decisions, easy life; easy decisions, hard life." Um, it's, you know, if we make the hard decision now, if and if you know, I choose to respond when the news came out yesterday that the lockdown was being extended a week, I choose to respond positively and, okay, what can we do about it? I can almost sit back, you know, today and tomorrow and go, I put these things into place for our community to look after each other and look after themselves and for us to drive forward and continually continue work on being better. And it allows me to take my fate in my own hands, which everyone should be doing right now. And you've got, you've got quite a um, little team as well with you at Virtus. And what I've seen on social media, mate, like there's a great buzz around the place. Everyone's loving it down there, which is awesome. Um, there is. It's much better when, when, we've, when we're open. But, yeah, we've got, we've got a brilliant community and a brilliant team. And I guess the people are attracted to this place for, you know, that, that same reason I just spoke about is because they see it as a – as a tool or as a beacon or as a an environment where they can surpass their current capacities and capabilities. You know, everything we do is about transcending previous version of you. And, you know, that's, that's a holistic look at that. It's not just how much you can lift or how much you weigh or anything like that. It's a whole life challenge showing up every day. It's not just what we do in the gym. Yeah. And that positivity that you're breeding out from portraying out from the, the gym, mate, how important is it to, to build that kind of culture that you have, whether it be from the guys you hire to the guys you're bringing in as, as, as clients and as members, like how important is that to you? It's, it's critically important, obviously. Um, you know, if, if we didn't have that culture, if we, if we hadn't, worked hard to get really clear on what we valued and what we wanted to create, this place wouldn't still exist. Mm. So, you know, it wouldn't, this place wouldn't be supporting my family and supporting our teams and their family, our team and their family. It wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be a sanctuary for so many of our community. So in terms of how important is it, it's critically important, but everything done up to now is only worth the effort that we continue to put in. One of the big mantras we have in here is just literally just showing up. And when you show up, it give you give yourself an opportunity to do better. Um, and sometimes people show up and they need a cuddle and a and you know some breathing correctives and they go home. And some people show up and they want to put the foot down. And you know it's our job to be able to know our people well enough to know which one of those they need and then be able to deliver it to them and educate them and, and lift them up while we do so, um, which you know, obviously gets a lot harder when we're doing Zoom calls and we're doing things virtually, but it doesn't mean it can't be done. So what would you say for yourself 
what would you be struggling with the most at the moment? I think in terms of what, like people, people ask you the question, and I'm sure everyone listening will be like, how are you doing or how are you going or how are you feeling? And I guess the short answer to it is like, I'm feeling okay. I'm, you know, where like I said before, in the fifth iteration of this, it's probably not going to be the last. What can I do about it? Kind of is like the first response for me in terms of like what I can actually do and how I can actually respond. All I can do is lean on what my values are, what my belief system is, um, what are the actions that I've done in the past that have worked and how can I leverage them again? And what are the actions that haven't worked well in the past and how can I avoid those? You know, like where, when the one week lockdown extension got announced, we, we were sitting sitting around having a chat as a team or kind of like, okay, what do we do for this, this next week? Do we do what we did last week or do we, you know, pick and choose the different things that worked well last year? And we chose to, to lean into what we were doing last year, um, which was a, you know, our version of a, of a challenge, I guess, just seven day challenge, you know, four, four tasks for everyone to complete each day. You get points for each task and, you know, hopefully my team can win <laughs> and, and you kind of take the, we know these actions are going to make us better infinitely in the future, whether it be six months, six years from now, but they also make us feel better today and give us something to, to work towards. So, yeah, I think that was, is that your little, um, I think I saw it at the Virtus Olympics, is it? Yeah. So we just got to the Virtus games. It's, yeah, we did the COVID games last year, which was like a five and a half week, six weeks. It was, it was, Started out as an idea as a bit of a piss take, but it ended up being like one of the talk about building culture. And it was one of the things that kept a lot of people moving forward. I guess we're always either in a kind of state of contraction or, or expansion, you know, or we're kind of stuck in the middle and, and you know, there's, there's always times for, for rest and TRC. And there's, you know, other times where you got to put the foot down, like I said before, but I think ultimately everyone wants to everyone wants to do good and i mostly truly believe that even if some politicians may not seem like they want to but the i think everyone wants to do good and everyone wants to contribute to their own health and well-being and everyone wants to contribute to their the health and well-being of their tribe or their family or their community and mm. that is you know that's one of our values in here and if not the most important one to allow us to just keep moving forward. Uh, I like kind of reflecting on why I do what I do and what I do and how it helps and whether it does help or not. Um, and, you know, we're not here for a long time, so we may as well do the things that bring us joy with the people that we love doing it with. Mm, 100%. In a, in a gym atmosphere, how do you address those kind of mental health issues amongst, A, the guys that you work with B your clientele like if obviously uh, pts have a lot of different hats some people would even say that sometimes mm. you're a therapist as well as a trainer um yeah and it, that that gets repeated often and way too often and my first kind of response to that is like people should have a therapist and a, and a coach they yeah. should they should have have both bases covered um how do we how do we do deal with that in a in a gym environment it comes down for me it comes down to two things people and place um from a place perspective i need 
this environment to be almost, you know, a third home to people is they've got home, they've got work, and then they've got Virtus. And I want this to be a place where they feel they are safe and they can be vulnerable and they can be themselves. And it, on the flip side of that, it's also a space that they can be challenged and be called out on their bullshit and be, you know, surrounded by a group of people who genuinely give a shit about them. We've all either worked in or spent time in or trained in the the big box gyms of the world, the you know, the 24-hour Goliath gyms. And they do a lot of things brilliantly, but one of the things I don't think they do very well is the connection, the community side of things. Um, and the the place needs to be somewhere where people can feel safe. Um, mm. We're asking people to change their behavior when they come in here. Um, people people seek out gyms and people attend gyms because they want to change their behavior. You know, majority of the time it has nothing to do with whether they can deadlift or not. So, you know, I guess we want what they do in here to support the rest of their life. We want them to understand that the deadlift and the squats is, is literally just a, an excuse for self-actualization. It's an excuse for us to talk about and to create space for growth and, and development. And obviously some people have more specific goals towards making it in, you know, making it elite sport or, you know, shifting into a job that requires them to be physical or they want to be happy and healthy for their kids. You know, early on, you know, 2012 version of me who wanted to get into elite sport was like, I just want to train athletes, which we've all, most of the coaches who are listening have probably heard or said those words, but we realized that I realized, you know, over the last few years that it's more, it's fulfilling to take someone from where they are to where they want to be. doesn't have to be an athlete. doesn't have to be a, you know, someone who wants to be a fiery. It doesn't have to be, um, um, it can be anyone. So the the place side of things is really important for that. And then the like the people side that I've kind of mentioned is is just connection. It's you don't have to be best friends with everyone in the gym, but we know from an accountability perspective that if you've got people who are relying on you to be there and you've got people who you can lean on when you're there, it helps helps with consistency, it helps with attendance and Ultimately, they're the two things that determine whether we get to where we're going or not. Um, you know, the days <clears throat> the days that I'm up and about and having a great day, I guarantee 30% of my class aren't. And the days where I'm flat and I'm a bit grumpy, it just takes one person to walk in and have a smile on their face to kind of get a little bit of kick up the bum. So, so people in place, I think if you can, I think if everyone could nail down those two things in their lives, like I have people around me that I love to be around and I want to see succeed and I have a place I can go to, to contribute to those things. Like the world's a better place. Um, it's amazing how much we need those kind of pillars to be filled to be able to do everything else. Yeah. Have that place, have that those people to back you up to be able to, you know, succeed at what you want to do instead of just, you know, feeling empty in those other you know, little um, you know, needs, hierarchy of needs kind of thing. And then later on, falling short. Definitely. Of it always blew my mind that people did things that they didn't love doing. And it still does, still does. Like whether it be a job or a relationship or a sport or you're committing to something and realizing, oh, this doesn't fill me up. Yeah. If it's not a means to an end, go do something else. Like I get that there are lifestyle constraints. 
like I've got a young family and there's more at stake now than there was when I was, you know, throwing shit at a wall and trying to open a gym. Mm. But it's a small price to pay for a lifetime of unha- a lifetime of happiness, yeah. a lifetime of fulfillment and contribution. Mm. When you mentioned about days where you rock up to the gym and you're not feeling hundred percent, would you be able to give an example of whether it be some days at the gym or where it be uni? Yep. Either or, where have you felt the most vulnerable? Great question. Where have I felt the most vulnerable? Like probably most people, I feel vulnerable when things don't go the way I planned or the way I expected. Um, And it's a very very human response to kind of feel as though the universe revolves around us enough to think that it should go our way more often than not because, as we know, shit just happens and we, or as I believe shit just happens and we tend to try and assign meaning to, to it, whether Mercury's in retrograde or not, I have a capacity to respond to that. So, yeah, I feel most vulnerable when I'm injured. I still play footy. Um, and, you know, like most coaches, we don't spend enough time looking after our own bodies and, and I, I feel vulnerable when I'm injured. I feel vulnerable when I don't have control over the situation and the last 18 months, has shown me and has has re-shown me and re-shown me again five times over that I have absolutely no control of outside events. So the vulnerability, I think, is a good thing because it allows us to go, okay, cool, what can I do about it? I felt pretty vulnerable when I was, you know, sitting in a classroom during my master's and going, this is not what I want to do with my life. I remember that kind of like dreaded, empty feeling of going, fuck, what am I going to do now? I'm not going to finish it. Like I was doing exercise physiology masters and I was just like, I do not want to finish this course. I was halfway through and I was just like, I know I'm halfway. And like the conventional wisdom would say, Hey, you're halfway through stick at it. At least you've got something to fall back on. But I think, you know, in 2021, hopefully more people are being driven by chasing things they love to do rather than falling back on things that they don't like because it's safe. Mm. Um, so that was a big moment of vulnerability for me. When I found out I was going to be a dad, I was shit scared for a couple of weeks. So there's a vulnerability around not knowing what the fuck yeah. I was going to do. Rightly so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think it's like vulnerability is just a lack of control. And I think it takes courage to put yourself in vulnerable positions. And it takes it takes discipline to work yourself out of them. And it takes time. But doing you almost have to lean into the hard with with vulnerability and know that like we have no clue what we're doing 99 100 percent of people have no clue what they're doing so don't feel as though you need to know all the time um that's something something that i've learned albeit the hard way is this, you don't need to know what's happening you just need to be able like back to that stimulus response quote from before you just need to be able to respond yeah. control the control yeah which you know is it's such a cliche but cliches, the cliches for a reason, and which is well, there's a cliche within itself. But yeah. I think it's as long as you take that piece of information, that sentence, and, and do something with it, then it's done its job. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned in that, you know, sometimes we don't look after ourselves as, as trainers as much as we should. But let alone your physical health, how how important do you feel like maintaining your own physical capabilities in your own training? How does that have an impact on your own well being and, and mental health? Oh, it's massive. I think you talk to anyone and you ask them if they're a better person when they're training consistently and regularly and they'll say yes. Um, 
know, I'm a better person when I journal every day. I'm a better person when I meditate. I'm a better person when I go for a run. Um, it's the same as community in a gym. It's critically important because it determines what capacity you have to give. And none of us are in this industry because we want to make bank and retire on an island somewhere. If, if we if we wanted that, we wouldn't be doing what doing this. We're in an industry that is the people business. It's complete people business. Like sure, there's sets and reps and X's and O's and and the you know and knowing what a stress shortening cycle is and all that shit's important. But ultimately, it's about people. So so we're here. It's a long way of saying we're here because we're we care about people and we're here because we want to help. Mm. Same reason why we put in an oxygen mask first if we're in a if we're in a, a plane crash is we can't help people if we don't have a full cup. We don't have the capacity to help ourselves. Mm. So the whole taking your own advising is a hard lesson to learn and a lesson that takes a long time for a lot of coaches to learn. But for mine, the like the grumpy strength coach persona or the grumpy PT persona because they're working 80 hour weeks and they're hustling, you know, to within an inch of their life. There's no room for it anymore because you're not going to, you're not going to be able to show up every day. Like we say to our clients, you know, minimum effective dose, right? What's the, what's the least amount of work you have to do to get to your desired result today, tick it off, do it consistently. You know, don't miss any sessions. If you miss once, don't miss twice, but we, can't take that own that same advice as coaches we go more like you know it's really clear to us that more is really the answer in terms of what we do yet so many coaches lean on that more 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 mentality in terms of whether it be like their work or their coaching hours or their programming hours or whatever it may be so in terms of looking after yourself it's not so much of the look after yourself first and everyone else later mentality. Do it at the same time. Find ways to integrate the things that you know you need to be doing. Identify what your daily minimums are personally. So, for example, mine are 10,000 steps. A structured session, ideally, most days, where that's when I fall down a lot, a page worth of journaling and some podcast time. And if I do those four things, doesn't matter what else happens in the day, I tick it off as a win. And if I miss one, it's okay. I don't miss twice. And I'm by no means having this conversation from the finish line. You know, the last couple of months, I've probably been training less than normal because I don't have the recoverability I used to have when I was five years younger. And we're playing footy and training footy a couple of times a week. And, you know, I'm not ticking those boxes. But back to the stimulus and response is now we're in a lockdown. Hey, I've got a little bit more time to train. I've got a little bit more time to recover. You know, there are ways of making it work you know whether it be training one of my group classes or whether it be grabbing a friend and going for a jog or a walk there is always a way to look after yourself and you know i don't have enough time or i don't have enough whatever ask yourself and this is a something i use for myself often is what advice would you give one of your athletes or what advice would you give one of your one of your staff members or what advice would you give one of your members Mm. and very rarely the answer is what you're actually doing. <laughs> yeah, crazy, isn't it? It's, it's mental, but it's really, it's difficult to take your own advice and we need to understand that. Exactly. But having that question in your, in your own head, you know, what would you say to your athlete or what would you say to your client? 
you know, would I would I follow that myself? And if you can't answer that, you think, well, I'm a bit hypocritical if I'm giving that advice out, aren't I? Definitely. And, and you know, integrity is such a big part of what we do. And for, for me, integrity is doing what you said you would do when you said you would do it. So, for example, if I tell one of the boys from footy, I run our strength and conditioning at footy. Um, if I tell one of the boys to follow the hamstring protocol the way it's written out and to not skip sessions and to not do more than than I've asked them and whatever it may be, but then I go and do it, I'm not showing integrity and I'm not taking my own advice. Yeah, the leadership. And whether it exactly and it's but it's it's self leadership, right? Like you have no right to lead others if you can't lead yourself. Mm-hmm. And again, no, by no means is this from the finish line. It's a, you know, both, both horses are running next to each other at the same time, but it's how can we contribute to both outcomes either simultaneously or close to, to get to the desired result. Take a few steps out of like a few, few weeks backwards when we're out of COVID uh, when you're, you know, you're playing footy. Wasn't it wonderful? Oh, it was great. <laughs> like, we're sitting on the beach, beer in hand, 100%. outside five kilometres, having a holiday down on the lawn because we couldn't go internationally. Stop it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Just daydreaming for a little bit. But anyway, take it imaginary few weeks back when we're out of COVID. We're out of lockdown, sorry. COVID's still going on. You've got Virtus, you've got footy, you're a pretty busy guy, obviously. How are you finding the balance between now being a dad and another one on the way. Congratulations, which is huge. Thanks, mate. Uh, how are you finding that balance? Yeah, it's. Um, I think you never really find a balance. <clears throat> I like the idea of a pendulum. Mm-hmm. So there'll be days where I spend too long at work, and it, you know, hopefully I try and try and correct, but tend to overcorrect and spend a little bit longer at home. You know, maybe the next day or. And then, you know, you kind of shifts between priorities, right? Like if my priorities work and it, sometimes it needs to be, um, I need to be able to communicate with KP, my partner, and communicate to, you know, whether it be footy or the other priorities I have in my life to be able to go, I need to focus on work for a little bit. So I think it's getting really clear on what your priorities are, making sure what making sure you understand what your values are. So like if I value, fam- if I say one of my values is family, but I'm spending 80 hours a week at work, I'm not really valuing family or I'm not having integrity in what I say my values are. I love the term life by design. I'm very fortunate that I'm in this position where I effectively get to choose how I spend my day. Mm. If I want to spend time with my daughter, Lucy, I get to spend time with my daughter, Lucy. If I want to, you know, spend more, spend time going through footage with some of the footy boys, I can do that. I think it can be a chicken and egg conversation with a lot of people. Like what comes first? You get to choose what you want to do. And then, and then, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of it get figured out later, or do you have to figure out the nuts and bolts and then you get to choose what you do? And I think it's, it's both. Um, but I've spent the last 10 years of 10, 11 years of my life. I had other jobs in the process, but effectively working for myself, not having a, a real boss. And, a big focus of that has been to design the life that I want to live. Mm. It's to be able to, you know, everyone's got their own definition of success. And of course it shifts as you change, but you know, one of the definitions of success I remember writing down when we were talking about opening Virtus was I want to be able to wake up in the morning and go to bed at night and do whatever I want in between. And I still lean on that as a, am I doing things I want to do? 
Mm. Um, like I love that middle of the day I'm able to jump on and have a chat with you mm. about things that I feel are important. And obviously you feel those are important too. Uh, you know, I love that. I love that I can have a two hour zoom call this morning with one of the guys that I'm mentoring at the moment and just figure out how can I help and what, what do you need? And, you know, he's going through problems that I've never encountered, but he's going through other things that I've seen and helped other people through. So when, when we're out of lockdown, when we're out of the, the day-to-day, um, we, I have a fairly structured week <clears throat> and it's, it's almost like that structure brings me freedom. Mm. If I, you know, I, I would like just to have an empty calendar and go, oh, what do I feel like doing today? But obviously, you know, that doesn't work, right? Football training twice a week, football on Saturdays, you know, coaching shift Sunday, Monday, Thursday, you know, full day with my daughter on Tuesday. So, you know, there's there's fr- a framework that I've got to work within. Yeah. But what that allows me to do is I design it to have three hours of me time on a Wednesday afternoon or, you know, four hours of Virtus admin time on a Wednesday morning so that I can go, all right, sweet. Now I've got a chunk of time to be able to utilize however I want. Do I want to do work? No, fuck that. I want to go sit on the couch and watch Netflix. I can do that mm-hmm. and know that and know that when I need to show up at work the next morning, I can do so and do so with a, you know, with a bounce in my step and, and the desire to want to be there. Yeah. Um, I think where we, and where I've definitely fallen down the past is if we go, the the more is better response and go okay well if i get this work down work done now you know i'll be able to relax later mm-hmm. later later doesn't exist right you put, do the work now and work magically there's a, there's an actual thing that's basically like work expands to the amount of time you give it mm-hmm. to do right the understanding is that i need to protect my time protected with my life some days um, is really important to me. So like the Savo, once we get off this call, I'll, I'll finish my training session and I got half of it done this morning. And then I've got a couple of hours to kind of, you know, fill with whatever I feel is always important. Yeah. Might be playing FIFA. It might be, you know, it might be reading a book. Yeah. It might be, you know, might be spending time with my daughter. Um, whatever it is, I'm going to do that with the intention of doing that. I'm going to do the thing. I'm not going to worry about the 15 things that I'm not doing. Yeah. And you're, you're there doing that, but that's, that's a hundred percent the best answer I've had anyone <laughs> that question before, mate. So it's been 10 years of trying to iterate what that looks like. <laughs> no, but there's, that's the truth though. There's no true balance. You know, it's always, like you said, finding that pendulum and, and prioritizing one when mm. you're there and the other while you're there, you know, not being at home, and uh you know thinking about work or being at work and thinking about home you need to have both kind of set which is and the fact you've got that down pat man is credit to yourself pendulum still swinging it's not down pat yet (laughs) it will forever be swinging (laughs) i'm gonna ask you a few questions now man first one i'm gonna uh, ask you mate is uh what's a skill or ability that you've oversold to people in the past The ability to listen, the ability to to take in information, whether it be you know a teacher, a mentor, uni course, a, a member, the ability to listen, to assess what they've said, and then respond. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so rather rather than you know, most of us 
have a thing we want to say. So we tend to blurt it out and say it and we speak first. Um, I think there's real, and I'm horrendous at this. And I think this is why I think it's so important. Being able to listen and absorb the information that you've been given and then respond in the best way possible. What's an embarrassing event that you've experienced that has had like a permanent effect on you, either a good effect or a bad effect? I heard this in one of your other podcasts and I, for the life of me, couldn't think of an answer. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't say this. I don't remember the last time I was super embarrassed by anything. I am a fallible human like everyone else. And I fuck up way too often, feel as though more often than most people. In terms of an embarrassing moment, <sighs> mate, it's pertinent one I can think of is I had a set shop footy a couple of weeks ago and I missed completely and I haven't missed like that bad ever in my whole career and I still wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it. There you go. That's, that's <laughs> it, still, it still hurts. You know when you see AFL and they're like lining up and it just goes off the side of the boot? Oh, I always yeah. thought, how could that happen at that level? But it happened, and you know, here we are. Well, so I used to think the same thing with penalty shootouts in in in, foot, in, in soccer, and I thought, yeah, like if you, if you just repeat, if you know what you're doing, and you, you've done it for years. How how can you mess that up? Look at these done it ten thousand times, but there yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and last last big question for you I want to ask you, mate, is uh, what's your best dad joke? Oh, <laughs> you, you've got. So, a, I've have I've one. so many. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, I I love dad jokes and I've loved dad jokes since before I knew I was going to be a dad. I don't know. I think like puns are shit ass, but the puns are the best. Just bad puns like and and jokes, like physical jokes I find really funny. Like the old tap on on one side of the shoulder and you're on the other side. Like there's the, there's the epitome of humour as far as I'm concerned. People in the gym, um, you know, they're doing an exercise that involves some sort of arms overhead. You go hands up, you're having fun. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Like people doing farmers carries, like everything all right. And they'll look at you weird. They're like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, cool, carry on. Like, I don't know. They're, they're, uh, they're the jokes I love. The the ones that are like kind of like so bad that they're funny. The ones that are in the moment kind of thing. Or fish swings into a wall. Damn. <laughs> That's terrible. It's horrendous. It is good. It's uh, horrendously good. We could call. Mm. Just to finish off, mate, have you got any kind of like key ideas or, or techniques you maybe want to give out to upcoming strength coaches that are coming through? And you said you've got a few people you're mentoring. Yeah. So, so we run we run a mentorship program here, where I run a personal mentorship that I do do for people that ask. And all like you know, all mentorships are, and this is probably my my tip is just people who have been where you are wanting to help you make them either not make the same mistakes that they did or make the same mistakes, but quicker um, with less blowback, you know? So, so my tip or suggestion would just be find someone who's doing what you want to do and ask some questions, chew their ear off. I think I said it earlier, everyone wants to help. Everyone wants to be able to contribute and, you know, there's some brilliant people who do it in our industry who if you send them a cold message on Facebook or Instagram or email, they will give you the time of day because they are in exactly the same point of their career as you are now. Mm-hmm. You don't need to figure it all out yesterday. Take time. Um, 
figure out what you love to do, start to get a clear idea of what your life by design looks like, and then, you know, spend the rest of your career building it. For sure, man. Good advice. Love that. Now, do you want to share anything that you guys at Virtus are doing with lockdown or some maybe projects you got coming up? Um, yeah. So what are we doing? We're doing lockdown. Uh, we're doing lockdown the best we can. We're running, we're actually running like a, we just called it the Virtus Games, like I mentioned before. It's a whole life challenge. It's r- like ridiculously simple in its design, but intentionally so. So if anyone, you know, strength coach or not, if anyone's struggling at the minute, reach out to us, we'll chuck you in a team and, you know, you'll have 30, 20, 30 people to, to lean on. Um, In terms of what we've got planned at Virtus, we're just really itching to get back to a new normal. And I hate that term. I shouldn't have said it. We're really excited to get back to running our gym, to showing up day in, day out, (laughs) to building some consistency in our, in what we deliver to build some consistency back for our members um, and yeah, just to hopefully get the majority of the country vaccinated so that we can uh, get back to life. But in the meantime, make some lemons. Yes. I love that. I love Make that. some lemons, make some lemonade. Yeah. Make some lemons. Cut that up. It's all right. Lemons. Get some lemons, make some lemonade. Yeah. That's perfect. Mate, um, I really do respect what you guys are doing down at Virtus, so you should be really happy what you've done, no. especially in such a short Pre- period of time. Appreciate that immensely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As long as you understand that, as long as you recognise that, that, that's where all, what matters, especially with being the one that started it. So we're all good, man. That's that's all we've got time for today. So I really appreciate your time. Sounds great, Legend. Thanks for the chat. So thanks for Lockie for jumping on the pod. I really did enjoy hearing about his concept of life by uh, design and how he's achieving his work-life balance through what he calls a pendulum. So always finding out his priorities at the time, living in the moment, being at work and focusing on that or being at home and focusing on uh, his family and friends and not having his mind somewhere else. I loved his uh, point on bridging the gap between training the elite athletes and what he's doing with the general population and what he needs to change within his own practice from what he's experienced with uh, elite footy players. And lastly, his points on uh, people and place of how satisfying both having people around you and uh, that you want to see succeed and want, they want to see you succeed as well, having a place outside of your home where you'd be comfortable for being who you are, having those two things satisfied in order to, uh, to make everything else flow a little bit, uh, a little bit more uh, easily. So yeah, thanks again, Lockie, for jumping on. It was awesome having a chat. Uh, but again, if anything today has triggered you in any way with your own mental health, again, like we're always up for a chat, Lockie, either Lockie or myself. So please get in contact. And from me, that's all we have for today. So I'll speak to you guys next time.